Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-host Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. A lot of things happening over in our sister city in Tacoma. And one of the leaders in that city is on the line with us right now. He is the pastor of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. He is president of the Tacoma branch of the NAACP. None other than Dr. Gregory, Reverend Dr. Gregory Christopher. And tonight is a big event in uh, Tacoma. It's the annual 24th annual awards banquet in Tacoma at the convention center. So, uh, Reverend Dr. President, Reverend Dr. President Christopher, welcome to Urban <laughs> Forum Northwest. This man has a lot of titles, and believe me, he does a lot of work because every time you go to Tacoma and talk about anything that's happening, they said, have you contacted Reverend Dr. Christopher yet? So, yeah. uh, Reverend Doc, why don't you just give our listeners that don't know you a little bit about your background before we go into the event this evening. Oh, okay, so as uh, Mr. Eddie Rye has stated, uh, um, my name is Gregory Christopher. I'm the senior pastor of the Shallow Church here in Tacoma. I've uh, been serving that uh, particular ministry for almost 20 years. I've uh, been uh, serving as the Tacoma branch uh, uh, NAACP president for about 12 years and uh, the president of the Tacoma Ministry Alliance for the last two years. So we've been been here involved in the city, trying to, you know, make sure that there's uh, equity uh, here in the city of Tacoma. So that's what I've been uh, been doing, and and hopefully to continue to do so until I can't do it anymore. And you know, um, looking at all those titles you have, that you know, that's quite significant. And I do attend. Uh, last week it did take me. I, I got there at five minutes to ten because they had. It took me 40 minutes to get from Fife to the cutoff to go by the Tacoma Dome. But I've, I've been, uh, Keith Armstrong said, you got to learn 509. That's right. <laughs> and I think, right. I think he's right because it took me 45 minutes wow. to make that little short trek. But I will be there again. And I talked to uh, uh, our co-chair, Sir Lyle Kwasim, and Lyle is in Colorado Springs. He won't be there this week. But we have a lot of things that are developing uh, that we're going to also need your assistance on along with other members of the collective, because we're dealing mm-hmm. with some statewide issues, as you know. But before right. we get into the statewide issues, why don't you just share with our listeners a little bit about what the Tacoma NAA, Tacoma branch of the NWCP has been involved with, uh, so they'll have an idea. I, I go to the Black Collective meeting, so I know how busy you are and how successful you are in getting things done. So, so uh, you know, we're heavily involved in uh, in uh, 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 education. They're a very strong uh, education committee chairperson um, and and committee. We're we're uh, doing advocacy for uh, uh, students and their parents uh, uh, when there uh, is alleged wrongdoing by uh, any uh, school or school district. Uh, and so we we are uh, very proud of that work. And also we. Uh, 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 having our uh, having health fairs uh, here in the city of Tacoma, we're really trying to uh, get African Americans, people of color, to see the value in being proactive in regards to their health. So these annual health fairs that we've been having, uh, in addition to our um, uh, monthly uh, newsletters, has has really gotten uh, a positive response from uh, from our community, and so we're. Uh, uh, excited about that, and then 
on the political side, we try to make sure that we are informed on uh, uh, initiatives and, and referendums. And so, so, so you know, those are three that we're just most proud of. Our uh, legal redress is very active, and so, uh, so, so the branch is, is is really active in a in a number of things here in Tacoma. And and I notice, uh, you know, uh, when we have the Black Electric meetings, uh, that uh, education strategy roundtable that's led by Steve Smith, uh, you know, that that also speaks to uh, the kind of involvement that the Tacoma branch has in, uh, in education. Now, another thing I notice is that the the, the uh, Pierce County Sheriff uh, Sheriff Pastor is a regular attendee. And uh, what kind of relationship uh, does uh, the Tacoma branch have? I know you have some police misconduct everywhere. But why don't you share with our listeners how you guys are dealing with some of the police issues in uh, Tacoma and Pierce County? Right. So so, so we're somewhat uh, uh, in a, in a uh, unique uh, position, you know, when you look at the uh, uh, community relationship, especially people of color in regards to their sheriff's department and, and their city police. Uh, here in Tacoma, we, we, we have a relationship with our sheriff and, and with the, uh, the police chief of the Tacoma Police Department. And so, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we meet, we talk about issues, we, we try to have an agenda that, that, that would grow the communication and, and, and hopefully uh, uh, eradicate this distrust that, that has uh, 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 progressed over the the, the, the years between African Americans and, and and police. So so we're we're very fortunate that that we uh, have uh, a, a cordial and uh, relationship with our sheriff's department and, and police department. So so uh, they hold us accountable, and we certainly try to hold them accountable. Well, Reverend Dr. Christopher Hayward here. You know, what I've been looking at, I heard it on the news, Tacoma, from an appreciation perspective, has the fourth fastest growing market in the, in the nation. How is that impacting African Americans and their ability to stay in the city? Because your property values are just rising, rising, and rising. Right. So, so, so you know, from a, 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 you know, a nationwide perspective, that sounds good, but, 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 but when you look at it from a from the uh, perspective of, of what it's doing to uh, uh, people of color that that uh, have have been here for generations, uh, it's, it's it's devastating. And so 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 many uh, 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 residents, uh, people of color, uh, here in the city of Tacoma, especially the hilltop area, mm-hmm. have, have been pushed south. So, so the hilltop that we used to know, we don't have that anymore. Uh, we're trying to do our very best to try to slow uh, gentrification down. Uh, we're partnering with some organizations here in the city of Tacoma. We're trying to churches are saying we're going to hold on to our property and 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 find developers that want to build. Exactly. And you know one thing, Pastor, about uh, building that housing? 
you have a built-in congregation. I've been trying to talk to the church I'm affiliated with, Mount Zion Baptist Church. They have enough property to build 200 units of housing, and they own a strip on Madison Street between 19th and 20th, could easily have eight or nine businesses there, creating jobs and also creating a built-in congregation that uh, does not displace our people from the from the city because uh, Mount Zion is located on, on Reverend McKinney was 19th Avenue and Madison Street, five minutes from downtown, 10 to 15 minutes from University of Washington, less than five minutes from Seattle University and Seattle Central College. All of the jobs, all of the hospital and medical facilities are right there. And uh, hopefully uh, we can convince our folks to start building instead of selling because everybody around that area is building except for us. So uh, I hope I don't get in no trouble with the church. They can't, they can't do much. I've received right hand of fellowship. But, but I've been on their case about that because of the fact, you know, why sell your property and everybody else's building? And you're talking about affordable, low-income housing, affordable for our, uh, some people that we know. And so that, that's a, a good possibility, and that needs to happen. Uh, let's go back to the program before we run out of time for this evening. Where is it going to be? What's on the agenda for the 24th Annual Awards Banquet? So, so it's going to be at the uh, Greater Tacoma Convention Center on uh, 1500 Commerce. Um, I think this is our, ooh, I don't know, maybe our fifth time uh, going there. Um, we've been blessed once again to have a, a sellout uh, crowd. Uh, we're proud of our guest speaker, a uh, young man named John Gaines. He's a uh, has a, a Ph.D. He's an author. He's uh, just just really doing some great work with our youth here in the uh, city of Tacoma, and so so he's the uh, uh, the main speaker uh, for tonight, and so so we're excited about that. Well, I'll be there because I'm at table 18, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I gave I gave Yellow Lexus Ray my check uh, a couple of weeks ago, so I'm good to go. I got my tickets. So I'm at table 18. I will definitely be there. But I just want to applaud you and uh, for all the work you're doing, both uh, as the pastor of Shiloh, as the president of the NAACP, as the president of Tacoma Ministerial Alliance. And I don't know if you have time to do anything else, but you've got a full plate there and you're handling it well. And then he also does a closing prayer at the Black Collective meeting when he's there. So Amen. he's, uh, yeah, but I really like your idea, Pastor, about talking to the other pastors over in Tacoma, Pierce County, about building low-income housing that is affordable for our people. I see the same thing all across the country. My daughter has a place in Baldwin Hills. It used to be uh, very affluent Chocolate Hills. And every time I go down there, it's uh, more and more gentrified, not only the houses now, but also the apartments that are below the houses in Baldwin Hills. But once again, it's conveniently located to everything. And uh, so... We have to make sure we fight to keep our people in place, and I think it can be led uh, by the men and women of, of Christ uh, to uh, really do the right thing by people who need uh, the affordability of the housing. So before we go, I want to see if Hayward has a, a closing comment. Rev, I'm glad you said what you said, and to see the, the black folk coming together there, I'm a little envious being a Seattleite. I absolutely am. I applaud and appreciate the people of Tacoma. But on that note, it's it's good to see the, the roundtable, the education roundtables there, the black collectives yeah. there, what you're doing is there, the NAACP. You got a sellout crowd. We're envious over here, and we need to emulate you. It's time for you to be our mentor. You should be the other way around. Go Tacoma. 
Well, I, that's why I'm over there to bring some of that Thank information you. back from the Black Collective. That's so right. I, he does. He does. We really appreciate Mr. Eddie Rice. Yeah. Okay. Well, Reverend Doctor President of many organizations, Christopher, uh, we will see you uh, this evening at the, at the Tacoma Convention Center. Uh, I think uh, the doors open. What at five five thirty? Uh, the doors open at five thirty. Uh, social hours at from six to seven, and the event will start at seven p.m. sharp. Okay, Amen. I will see you there, sir. Thank you very much uh, for okay. your time Thank and all you of your service to the people. Appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you. Okay, now. All right. Okay, all right. our next guest is Anila Avzili. Did I say that right, Anila? Anila. Anila. Yes, hello there. Oh, yeah. Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye here on Urban Forum Northwest. But Anil, is it Avzali? Avzali. Avzali. Okay, I, I get it right. Anyway, Anila is one of the leaders for freedom and justice in our city, state, and country. And she also is one of the featured speakers at the 56th anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington. It will be held Wednesday, August 28th, the actual date of the 63 March, with Mount Zion Baptist Church. And she's been a stalwart member. She's worked with us before. She's a dedicated person for freedom and justice and equality for all. So, Neela, why don't you share with our listeners, and, you know, my uh, co-host Hayward you, is here, Neela. too. Uh, but I just want you to take a minute and share with, with our listeners a little bit about your background because you're involved with a couple of organizations yeah. and the leader of one. And why don't you just share with our listeners some of the stuff you're doing and the organizations you're involved with. Well, uh, thank you very much, Eddie and Hayward, for this opportunity. It's always an honor to be with you on this show or out on the streets or other places advocating for justice together. Uh, my work is very much founded on seeking justice and trying to achieve sort of our collective liberation, understanding how the issues that affect me as a proud American Muslim woman uh, is directly tied to the issues that affect other people in the struggle, whether they are our black siblings, whether they are our LGBTQ sisters and brothers, whether they are our uh, uh, Jewish siblings, you know, whoever it may be, uh, recognizing that our faith is connected, our liberation is tied together, and we really now, more than ever, it is important for us to be out there doing work to build bridges of understanding and unity, to really do what we can to advocate for justice together in, in the face of some opposition that is very strong, that is very powerful, that seeks to undermine our, the civil rights gains that we have achieved collectively throughout history, that seeks to do what it, what it can to take away the rights, whether it's Muslims, whether it's uh, uh, labor, whether it's our health care, whatever area it may be, we are seeing the attacks on us, and we have to stand united and build the kind of movements that we need to push institutions to do right, to do good. Because as I say, you know, we're not going to be saved by Congress necessarily. We're not going to be saved by the president. We're not going to be saved by the court. It's up to the people power. It's up to each one of us to be directly involved in doing what we can. And that's really the work that I do, whether it's through the American Muslim Empowerment Network, where, which I lead at the Muslim Association of Puget Sound, or whether it's uh, as a board member of the Faith Action Network, or working on the Washington Immigrant Solidarity Network steering committee. In all of those capacities, uh, I strive to do what I can every single day. And in the work that I do, I'm driven by exactly what my faith commands me to do, which is to stand for justice for all. Anila, I, I love what you're saying. And, you know, for those folks out there, she said the American Muslim Enterprise Network. That's amen. 
And I always <laughs> say, <laughs> that is yeah, amen. Amen to that. That's <laughs> amen to that. Can can you share also with our listeners about MAPS? What is MAPS? Sure. MAPS is the Muslim Association of Puget Sound. It is the largest Islamic organization in the state of Washington, and we serve over 5,500 families. Uh, we have our mosque based in Redmond. That's where MAPS is located. Uh, but what I tell people is MAPS is so much bigger than just a mosque. You know, it, it has a community center, it has a gym, uh, a, a, ca- a cafe, a restaurant, uh, classes for children, interfaith activities. Uh, we do all kinds of programming, and we always welcome people, everybody and anybody, especially those who may not know their Muslim neighbors, who want to take the opportunity right now, especially at a time when there is a whole industry spreading fear and misinformation about Muslims in our country and about Islam, if they want to break through that fear, if they want to break through that hate and really build bridges with their Muslim neighbors, we invite them to join us at MAPS. Visit us anytime, and they'll get to see exactly what MAPS is about, and they'll see an example of Islam, our faith, in action every single day in the work that we're doing, whether it's the justice advocacy work that we do through AMEN, or if it's the social services work that the Muslim Community Resource Center, which is a part of MAPS, does, you know, helping the homeless, uh, serving refugees, assisting anybody in need. These are the kinds of things that our faith teaches us, and we're proud to be out there as part of the community working together to affect positive change. I just want to say that uh, I'd like to just have you comment on uh, the 56th anniversary of the 63 March on mm-hmm. Washington. Uh, in yes. 1963, that was for primarily for African descendants of United States slaves. And as you know, every promise that's been made to that group that's been here for 400 years has been reneged. And you also know that uh, during the Civil War, it was about whether or not blacks were going to remain in slavery. And over 600,000 white men and women killed themselves. About 30,000 blacks died uh, in uh, the Civil War. And when the Civil War was over, uh, they, uh, the, the, the Confederates got pardons. They got monuments uh, that are still up today. And uh, the kind of racism that we experienced uh, after, uh, ap- during slavery and afterwards during segregation. And as mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. always said, uh, uh, segregation is nothing but slavery with niceties of the complexion, which I do believe. But the great society programs, everything that has been promised to the descendants of African-American slaves has been reneged on. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I just want you to comment on the importance of uh, remembering Dr. King and remembering uh, the, the 63 March on Washington Absolutely. for jobs and justice. Amen. Yeah, exactly. It was focused on jobs and justice. And this is this is something that we need to continue remembering, particularly because, as you pointed out, uh, uh, so many of the promises uh, have been reneged on. So much pushback has happened despite the progress that was made by the civil rights movement. And that's one of the reasons that I personally uh, am always so honored to be able to participate in the commemoration. And I hope others will join us next week for what I think will be a powerful commemoration event, because we cannot forget. We cannot forget, and we also need to recognize the the giants on whose shoulders we stand on, like Martin Luther King, uh, and so the work of our black siblings in particular in leading the civil rights movement that allows me, as an American Muslim woman today, to have some of the rights that I have today. If it was not for Martin Luther King and so many leaders that stood with him, 
from specifically from our black community, uh, we would not have what we have today in, in a lot of ways. Uh, at the same time, as you recognize, there's pushback. There has been pushback since the day any of the uh, civil rights achievements have been made, whether it was the uh, uh, 1964 Civil Rights Act, the 1965 Act, any of those acts, any of the promises, any of the hope, there's constantly an effort to try to renege on it, to try to undermine it, to try to counter it. And that's why it's incumbent upon us to not lose hope, to really get involved, build movements. And these movements have to be multiracial, multiethnic, multi-faith. Uh, they have to be multi-generational, and they have to be movements where we come together and build on what our great leaders before us did. That is our mission. That is our moral mandate today, to continue that legacy, to remember that legacy, and also to not just remember it the way some politicians or some people uh, in places of power or in media or corporations uh, seek to do with Martin Luther King today. You cannot, as Reverend William Barber speaks about, you cannot say you love Martin Luther King one day, particularly on, on, on his birthday or, or uh, on MLK Day. You cannot say you love Martin Luther King and then go against the very policies that he spoke in favor of or, or sort of counter his very strong efforts to achieve justice and equity and equality and civil rights for all. You cannot deprive people of their rights and dignity as a human being and yet say that you love Martin Luther King. We cannot allow Martin Luther King to be turned into what a lot of people seek to do, which is to turn him just into this nice figure of like, oh, yeah, let's just all uh, pursue nonviolence and peace and unity and, and, and not do what he did, which is radically challenge society's immoral actions. Including the, the Vietnam War. That's right. Exactly. Vietnam War, when it came to militarism, when it came to poverty, when it came to racism, he was, uh, he was not a popular voice at the time. I think uh, approval ratings were like 75% that did not like Mark Luther King at the time that he lived. Uh, and now we have a very different approach, but I see it as almost a whitewashing of Mark Luther King, an effort to sort of uh, ignore the, the very strong positions he took on these issues, these moral issues of the day that, that is incumbent upon us to also take those strong moral positions, even if they may not be the most popular positions at, at our time knowing that we have to build upon a certain legacy. And that's, that's why I think it's so important for us to come together every single year, remember Martin Luther King, remember the March on Washington, remember the I Have a Dream speech, but also remember all of the other messages. Because Martin Luther King didn't just have a dream about coming together. He had a dream and a vision of changing society for the good of all and uplifting everybody together. Right. And, and Nina, part of that... Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I wanted you to give information so our listeners, if there's a website or other information where they can access uh, the organizations you're involved with, that's a good way to start with an educational process. Uh, before we go, could you please give people your contact information or the website addresses for those two organizations? Yes, absolutely. So uh, MAPS Redmond, I'm, I'm sorry, it's www.mapsredmond, so M-A-P-S Redmond.org slash Amen, uh, or they can just go to Maps Amen on Facebook as well. Okay. Well, Anila, uh, I think you whetted some folks' appetites for yeah. Wednesday night, and uh, so we look forward to seeing you on, on Wednesday and look forward to hearing you once again deliver the truth to the people. So thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate oh, it. All no. right, now. Anila Abzili, who is the executive director of the 
American Muslims, Muslims um, Enterprise yes. Network. Okay. Amen. Okay, we're going to take a break and come back right after this. Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an ORCA card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places. At the Port of Seattle, diversity is the source of possibility and strength. And we honor our diverse community by expanding opportunities for all people to share in our region's economic prosperity. From the seaport to the airport, we're working to support small businesses, including those owned by women and minorities, and to create quality jobs with lifelong career paths. The Port of Seattle continues to be your port of opportunity. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. All right, we're back. Um, got to go introduce Reverend Paul Benz, the Superfly. The super- <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Paul, that's Eric now. <laughs> Eric, Eric said he's you're cool. So, but anyway, uh, Reverend Paul Benz is a stalwart, the executive director of the Faith Action Network of Washington and has been a stalwart civil rights leader up and down and all around the state. He's been very instrumental in helping us lobby. As a matter of fact, he is one of the reasons why House Bill 1918, prime sponsored by Sharon Tomiko Santos, passed uh, the House and the Senate unanimously to establish uh, the Central Area uh, Preservation and Development Authority, and the building will be called the the McKinney Center for Economic and Community Development. That's the name. Lynn French has got that approved by the attorney already. Uh, so uh, that will be happening. But we have some other challenges with that college we got to deal with. we got a Republican that's working for Seattle Central College that we have to deal with. Used to work for Thomas Stewart. Remember Food Service of America? Used to have that event yep. over in Bainbridge Island, and then he died in a plane crash about nine years ago. But anyway, uh, he has one of his protégés that's working out at the college. We're going to have to deal with it eventually. But, uh, Reverend Benz, I want you to talk, first of all, about the Faith Action Network and the kind of work. I know, Hayward, I know what kind of work you do. Uh, but just want you to share with our listeners exactly what you're doing and how they can get engaged with the Faith Action Network as well. You bet, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you. It's always uh, always proud and a privilege to to be on your program and, and to continue our good work uh, with you and Hayward and so many in the African-American community. Uh, Faith Action Network, for folks that don't know, uh, as listeners, uh, we are a, a statewide interfaith uh, social justice uh, organization. I oftentimes say, if you've heard of the religious right, um, you know, FAN is, is, is a, a part of the re- religious left uh, trying to advance uh, all the changes that we want to uh, see in this society, especially with uh, the person that we've got in the other Washington and, and so many in Congress. Um, we... Uh, we are working uh, right now, of course, uh, with uh, Eddie and Hayward on the uh, uh, August 28th uh, event, and uh, we are also working arduously with um, uh, Jesse Weinberry and uh, many other allies that uh, want to see I-1000 uh, get passed uh, on the fall ballot uh, to make sure that this state is, is on the right track in terms of affirmative action, uh, where we've been the last 20 years has been on the wrong track. 
and uh, that has hurt countless, countless people in terms of contracts and jobs. Um, so that is some of the focus uh, for Faith Action Network. We are continuing to do our work in the legislature during the uh, inter- what we call the interim months. So uh, meeting with legislators in King County and around the state. And if any of the listeners want to get together with uh, any of their legislators, please just uh, 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 call me at uh, 206-390-4133. And the other thing I want to mention, Eddie, um, is that um, uh, the 1619 uh, project, uh, 400 years of, uh, of the institution of slavery in this country and its legacy, and as, as, as a, a white male, I uh, try to rise every day and say, what can I do to continue the effort uh, to undo um, uh, uh, white privilege in this country? Um, and uh, so one of the things that the churches are doing around the country on, on Sunday is, um, and we've got to get this out to the Seattle churches, um, is to ring bells at, at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Um, uh, to remember um, uh, that horrible date in history uh, that had so many years uh, in addition to it from 1619 in terms of, of uh, the whole transatlantic slave trade. So those are some of the things that we are doing, Eddie, and it's always good to be on your program. We look forward. I should add this, that we are also working with uh, several up in Snohomish County on candidate forums. Um, we're doing a candidates forum up there in, on, um, on the Snohomish County Sheriff's, uh, just on criminal justice issues, uh, such as 940 independent investigation when, when a fatality has happened. So we continue that good work as well. And uh, it, give, uh, would you please give our uh, listeners uh, the, the website information yes. uh, so they can yes. do a little thorough yes. investigation and find out how they could be supportive yes. of the work you're doing? Yes, yes. Um, it is um, the three W's, of course, and then uh, uh, fanwa.org, that's F-A-N for Faith Action Network, W-A for Washington. So it's F-A-N-W-A dot O-R-G is, is our website, and you can see everything there uh, from immigration issues that we're working on right now with uh, trying, to, trying to bring back the, the Black and Brown Coalition uh, as we work on those issues and issues, uh, obviously, that have been historic to the African-American community. Well, Rev, hey, you've always been on the front line. But, Rev, i got a question. Just looking at the cultural climate here now and the, uh, uh, and the fact that you work so diligently with a lot of others in the community to get I-1000 passed by the legislature, and I have people out here that are asking me, and there seems to be some confusion around Referendum 88. Can you share with our listening audience uh, what you think is going on now and how they can uh, make sure that we bring back affirmative action? Well, I, I think we, you know, like Dr. King and so many others, we have to keep our eyes on the prize. And, and in this particular campaign, the, our eyes should be on I-1000. Uh, that was the, uh, um, uh, the initiative that so many of us worked on to get to the, um, um, to get to, uh, the legislature. We work tooth and nail. Um, Nat Jackson, Jesse Weinberry, and so many others, both of you and so many others in the community, to get the legislature at the midnight hour. Yes. The midnight yes. hour on the last April day. April 28th. The, the midnight hour. <laughs> April 28th. I mean, yes, indeed. It was, it was uh, and they were pushing back. The, 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 the Democratic leadership, particularly in the House, is pushing back. Um, 
that, that well, you know what's going to happen on the following Monday. And they were right. Yes, uh, Iman and, and his John group, Carlson. Uh, yep, John Carlson <laughs> went to the Secretary of State's office, filed referendum 88. Um, and uh, But we got the legislature, the House Democratic leadership, to do mm-hmm. the right thing. So it's good that they did that. I believe that they will stand with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and as to the detractors, Hayward, I think what we need to do is continue to what, keep our eyes on the prize. And uh, I think we'll have a united front um, in, in terms of that. And the people of the state, FAN, will work uh, uh, on that. Um, and I know that uh, uh, Jesse and so many others will continue to do their great leadership and having the support of the three former white governors, uh, I, uh, the two two of the three that are that are white, and uh, Gary Locke, uh, Asian American, um, is so important to have that leadership on board. So we need to use every angle we can because we know uh, the detractors on this will be uh, will, will be plenty, will be too many. But I think united we we will be able to stand strong on this on the day after the election. And be proud that uh, Washington State is back on the right track in terms of, of employment, education, and contracts um, uh, for this state. Reverend Paul Benz, want to thank you very much for being here today and also all the work you do. We look forward to seeing you Wednesday at Mount Zion at 5.30 for the reception. 6 o'clock, it's got bells going to ring 56 times. 6.30, the program will start. And Hayward has done an outstanding job in terms of putting this whole thing together. So thank you very much, sir. We'll see you on uh on Wednesday next, at Mount Zion. Next, next Wednesday evening. Looking forward to it, Eddie. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Benz. We appreciate you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Our next guest is uh, Chandler Williams, and Chandler is a recent graduate of Garfield High School and has been playing major venues. He's an outstanding musician, a recording artist. He's been playing major venues in the Seattle area and uh, is on his way to New York. I don't know if he's going to play in New York, but he's going to be here Wednesday night. Uh, and uh, he was uh, last year he was 17, and he said he's going to be voting this year. So now he's 18. So Chandler Williams, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. And Thanks, uh, uh, just share with our listeners a little bit about your major accomplishments as a young man. Um, well, like you said, um, just graduated from the historic Garfield High School in Seattle, Washington. And starting in the fall, I will be moving on to um, – Berkeley College of Music's online program for this year, where I'll be studying audio production to enhance you know, how I continue to record and create music and distribute it. And you know, my nephew graduated from Berkeley School of Music, Benjamin Jamal Brock. Okay. He, yeah, he okay. graduated from, uh, he, he's a drummer, but he, he graduated, okay. and I guess he's still doing some things with Carter Yasutaki and other folks uh, back in New York City. So, okay. uh, but you headed the right way, but you know, uh, Channel, in addition to being a, tell us a little bit about your music. You got CDs and stuff, so tell us about where you've played and stuff like that. And you just turned 18 years old, too. That's the other thing. Yes, just turned 18 years old, and um, I had my first album come out when I was 16 years old from the soul. And um, that was like one of my first really big wins as far as getting my name out there as an artist and as a songwriter and producer. And I'm currently working on my next one right now so I can continue to push more shows. I've been to the Crocodile, I've been to the Vera Project. So those are a couple, just to name a few, Columbia City Theater in the Seattle area that I've uh, been to, and I hope to continue to grow and expand with my with my fan base, with my following. 
So uh, where, are you, where now? What's your next local gig in the Seattle King County area? Um, I hope to book another show um, at the Crocodile for my next following my next album release. Um, now Tula's is closing up, right? Is Tula's closing? I'm sorry. Tula's uh, are they closing up? Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. I know one of the show boxes going to be closing. Okay, okay. I, maybe um, I have it confused. But you played yeah. Tula's before, right? Um, no, not that one before. I'm not, I'm Maybe not that sure was Overton Berry I'm thinking about. Overton's there all the time. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. but Chandler, look, you're on the right track. Just share with our listening audience the instruments that you play, the songs that you have out now. Because for those who haven't heard you, I mean, they, they are truly, truly missing a, a treat. And you talk about a person who's going to do great things like the Quincy Jones out of this area. We put you in that same category. Share with our I listening audience it. about your skill set. I'm sorry. sorry one, one more Share with our listening audience about the instruments that you play, your skill set, your songs. Um, well, I write, sing, produce, play piano, and continue with my studies in engineering so I can continue to enhance that skill of production and, you know, like the portions of music recording and technology that not everybody sees, that all the processes that go into it, how to get music out and distribute it and get it ready for radio time. And uh, so you were a speaker last year, and you also performed yeah. uh, at the, the 55th anniversary of 60 March on Washington. Now we're down to 56. So yeah. uh, we're hoping that, uh, I know you're headed for New York. We hope you're back in time to grace us once again with your words of wisdom from a young man that can yeah. vote this year. And yeah. also yeah. they hear you uh, uh, get down as well. So, uh, you know, we also have uh, Josephine Howell is going to be there. Josephine talked to her this morning. She's on a plane right now headed for Kobe, Japan. Uh, uh, Seattle and Kobe, Japan have a sister city relationship, and she won uh, the uh, female jazz vocalist competition. Uh, and uh, so I was wondering, when, you know, next time maybe Chandler can win. Yes. But they, she's on her way to uh, Japan now to perform. She'll be back Wednesday. Y'all, she'll be at Mount Zion Wednesday night. Both y'all, wow. they could do one song together. And I know you guys haven't played together. <laughs> But I could I could hear it in my listening mind. He, he was trying to get you and Joseph oh, Howell hooked up. So I'll, I'll, oh, it, it sounds good to me. So we'll definitely have time for that to happen too. So <laughs> now, Chandler, you also mentioned that you were doing studying engineering, and that was that to to enhance and improve what you're doing with your craft. Yeah, audio engineering. You know the um, the steps of like you know behind the soundboard, mixing and mastering wow. records, and all the processes that go into the pre-release of music to get it sounding okay. correct for like radio and for all listeners to be comfortable with the sound. Like Quincy Jones did for Michael Jackson? Somewhat, yeah, most definite. Most definite <laughs> yeah. Well, they both, Quincy Jones went to Garfield too, so that's there why the go. Performing <laughs> Arts Center and see Chandler yeah. transferred from Kennedy to Garfield because of the music program. So, yeah, uh, yeah so so Chandler, we, uh, man, we, uh, we hope you make it back in time, brother. So you, you head out for New York recent, pretty soon, right? Yeah. I head out there pretty soon. Okay. Within the next few days. So okay. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to make it back in time. Well, we'll be looking for you because you are doing an outstanding job. And besides, we like having our younger folks involved right. and inspire other young folks to get involved, get engaged with voting rights and other things. So, Chandler, we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Hope you make it back. Tell uh, them proud That's parents, right. uh, uh, Deacon Clarence and, and Paulette <laughs> and your brother, 
that uh, okay. we said hello from Urban Forum Northwest, and we hope to right. see, we hope to see you on on Wednesday night oh, uh, no. for the 56th anniversary at Mount Zion. So thank you, Chandler. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, we got a few announcements we're gonna do. First of all, uh, last week this wasn't in, it, uh, but my friend uh, Ralph Redmond will be funeralized mm-hmm. uh, on uh, on Friday at 1 p.m. It'll be a great side service. And then from 3 to 7 p.m., there's a repass at uh, the Rainier Beach uh, Yacht Club, which is uh, right across from, right down from Rainier Beach High School. And then uh, we have the big event coming up Wednesday, uh, the 56th anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington. That will be at Mount Zion Baptist Church beginning at 5.30. There's going to be a reception. And, hey, what we have, what kind of foods we're going to have for oh, that? Oh, we're going to have all the ethnic dishes. We have Spanish food. We have uh, Ethiopian food for African food. We have, of course, we got soul food. We have Asian food. And when we just say Asian, Japanese, Filipino, and Chinese. Velma got the Filipino food. And Terrell Jackson up at Catfish Corner Express say that he's got some catfish that can't wait to jump out the plate. And he Estella, also, he also got some red beans and rice and some greens. And then we're going to talk to Lewis over at Ezel's. And hopefully we'll have uh, something for everybody. The, the Ethiopian. Oh, uh, uh, Ethiopian, yeah, down at uh, um, Miss Scales on 26th and Cherry. Okay. But also uh, she, um, El Centro. Uh, Estella, Estella Ortega. Ortega. Yes, Estella is also on the program. As a matter of fact, but she's bringing the, the uh, Latino food. That's Spanish. right. Well, she's going to at least have somebody deliver it. Deliver Hopefully, it'll now. be Maya's <laughs> going to. But anyway, to give you an idea, uh, uh, the speakers will be naturally I-1000. 56 years after the March on Washington, we need I-1000. Right. Uh, therefore, Jesse Weinberry will be speaking. He is one of the leaders of the I-1000 campaign. And I just want to indicate that the I-1000 campaign got more signatures than any other initiative ever in the history of Washington State. And as Reverend Paul Ben said, it passed the legislature on the, at the 12th hour, the 11th oh. hour, really. <laughs> we had one hour to go. The House and the Senate. So there's been a lot of different talk about, oh, well, you know, they didn't manage the money. They didn't do this. Well, guess what? They succeeded. And that's what I can't understand why some people frown on success. If you were disenfranchised like me or my brothers and sisters that did one one-hundredth of one percent of state's business, then you're going to be overjoyed about having affirmative action passed, having uh, Initiative 1000 receive almost 400,000 signatures, and having the legislature passed in the law. Now, a lot of people have some qualms and some issues. Uh, anything that gives me hope, I'm going to support. And... Uh, if anyone else could have done a better job, they should have stepped up to the plate. 20 years ago. And, hey, what I'm also glad to see that uh, uh, Washington State Labor Council President Larry Brown contacted you about a yeah. meeting. Yes, that's right. Uh, because, you know, that letter went off on July 20th, and it's almost been a month, but at least they did finally respond. So uh, in addition to that, I want to mention that uh, uh, there's a nice ad that was put together on the front page of the facts, along with my picture of my friend Ralph Redmond. And then uh, at the CL Medium, uh, Here's a, a headline, Florida cop investigated for planting drugs during a drug stop. And then, man, Chris, eight, Chris B. Bennett did an outstanding job outstanding. on blackmail administrators in Seattle Public Schools. So we have a Native American female lesbian superintendent obviously has a problem with black men. About every black male in any kind of administrative capacity has left. The last one being Dr. Brent Jones, who was director of human resources, who is now so... 
Robert Upham, you're right, man. I think y'all better take them drums back down to the next school board meeting. There you go. Because this way he's not listening. And then I want to give a shout-out to uh, uh, Dr. Sheila Edward Lang. They have a new program. This is also on the front page of the medium. At Seattle Central College, aims at bringing more people of color into the teaching ranks. And, Dr. Lang, we can do that if we uh, left that server at SVI, which is now the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. I don't know why it is every time we have an opportunity to help ourselves get into the mix. Uh, we have a public agency where we pay tax dollars to is going to try to cripple us. Lincoln Ferris, please cut it out. Well, well the server's a, 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 um, it's a fixture. And anybody who read uh, Real Estate 100, 99, you cannot take a fixture. That's like moving in somebody's house and then you're going to pull out the windows. You just don't do that. You don't. You don't. Okay, we're going to take a, a quick break and come back with Jamie Elmore and Les Leslie Riches after this. At the Port of Seattle, diversity is the source of possibility and strength. And we honor our diverse community by expanding opportunities for all people to share in our region's economic prosperity. From the seaport to the airport, we're working to support small businesses, including those owned by women and minorities, and to create quality jobs with lifelong career paths. The Port of Seattle continues to be your port of opportunity. Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an ORCA card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, we're back. The songs you've been hearing is, is Chandler Williams, a guest we had on a little earlier. Our uh, next guest uh, is uh, Jamie Elmore and Leslie Riches. Jamie Elmore is uh, the founder of the Alopecia Support Group, and she's been doing quite a few activities around that, and they have an event coming up on the 31st. Uh, it's a cafe conversation. So, uh, Jamie, why don't you go ahead and let people know who you are once again, and then introduce your guests after you get that. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Rye, for having us on your show. We appreciate all your support that you give us um, just throughout the, the year. But again, like you said, uh, my name is Jamie Elmore. I'm the founder of the Alopecia Support Group here in Seattle, Washington. I'm a licensed hairstylist and salon owner. And um, I was diagnosed with alopecia back in 2004 and started the support group in 2009. And one of the the um, result of this support group is we wanted to find a way that we can help people. And that is the event that you're talking about. And it's called Cafe Conversations. And for those of your listeners who do not know, alopecia is an autoimmune disease. It's where your immune system attacks your hair follicle and causes your hair to fall out. And I have the honor of having a young lady on the line with me, one of our leaders that I met two years ago at one of our events. And she Met, met me at the event, and she just stepped into a leadership role. She has an amazing story. So I want her to come on the line, tell us when she was diagnosed with alopecia, how long she's been dealing with it, and what was her biggest struggle and what our alopecia support group has done for her. So, Leslie, can you join us, please? Yes, thank you both for having me on the show. Thank you. Go right ahead. You're welcome. Go right ahead and tell us, um, Leslie, um, when you were diagnosed with alopecia, how long have you been living with it? What was your biggest struggle? And what has 
the alopecia support group done for you? Well, I've had alopecia for approximately 60 years now, give or take. I am nearly 63. It started as alopecia areata, hair loss in round circular patterns, and progressed to alopecia universalis, which is total body hairlessness, in my 30s. So for a while now, I've had it. Um, what was it like? Uh, I think some of the, I think developing alopecia so young, growing up with it is a very different experience from losing hair as an adult. As a young child, I, I didn't yet have a preconceived idea of what I should or shouldn't look like. Alopecia was just the way I was. My family was accepting, and I didn't know alopecia was a wrong thing or an unacceptable thing until I entered school and other people began telling me it was, telling me I was different. Wow, wow, that's, that's powerful. So, Leslie, um, tell, tell us what the Alopecia Support Group has done for you, someone being in a community, how did you find us, and do you think it's beneficial to be connected to a support group having alopecia? Uh, I think I found you, Jamie, on another uh, support site, and I attended one of your accessory workshops. That's how we met. Um, I think support from other people experiencing alopecia is vital. Um, growing up, I thought I was the only person in the world with this condition. Meeting others counteracts that isolation. Um, once I started seeing alopecians online, meeting alopecians, seeing how beautiful and courageous they are, I was able to start applying that to myself. And most importantly, connecting with others, I guess, has allowed me to define, it, it has allowed me to define what it means to have alopecia for myself, make that definition myself, instead of having a definition forced on me. Wow, wow, well, that, that's awesome. Um, I know that you're gonna be, hopefully you'll be in attendance to our next Cafe Conversations, and that's um, our support group, a non-traditional support group um, that will be happening on August the 31st at Luther's Table in Renton, Washington from 2 to 4 p.m. It's free to the public. And I just want all the listeners to come out. And I know, just like you said, to piggyback off of what you said, Leslie, just having some people that look like us, they understand what we're going through, and just to have that support and that connection is totally vital with anybody dealing with um, alopecia and hair loss. And so um, we're just excited Absolutely. about that. And, uh, Mr. Rye, did you have anything else you wanted us to share? Yeah, no. Matter of fact, I need to talk with Slick Watts because I think Slick was a, has alopecia. Okay. And I think yes. I think he would be the kind of uh, person that could really attract a lot of attention to uh, alopecia itself as well as get people to come out and just lay it on the table and say, hey, this is what I have. And then with the a counseling that you're doing, and it now sounds like Miss Miss Riches has also got uh, got it got it under her belt, where you guys could actually do some counseling and help some people. Because I know in the past, I know that uh, Lewis from Ezels, Lewis and Faith, actually flew a daughter and a mother in town that had was she, a young lady was suffering from alopecia that reached out to you. So we have I know uh, you've built a quite a bit of uh, quite a big support group of people, even people that need financial resources to deal with the issue. So I want to uh, commend and compliment you, Jamie, for what you're doing to help other people because people get to, so distressed they could really consider taking their lives. Yes. Yes, and we've had a lot of, uh, get a lot of inquiries 
from um, from individuals all over the world that uh, are contemplating that. And so um, that's our goal is to be support. But I wanted to just throw this in real quick. We do have our first um, documentary that we will be releasing on September 25th. This is a big, a big huge deal. Um, it's called Harmony Alapiso Stories. We've been working on this project for one year. It will be our first fundraiser. We are a nonprofit, and I would love for your listeners to come out and support us and to buy a ticket and just to be in the room. This is going to be huge, huge, huge. So they can go to our website at alopeciasupportgroup.org and find out the information. They can send me a note. I can connect with them and give them a ticket. They can purchase a ticket, or they can just make a donation just to help us make this happen. And we have the opportunity as well to have a docu-series on Amazon TV and some other platforms. And so, Mr. Rye, you have been vital in getting the word out and helping us spread awareness. We appreciate all that you do for us. Thank you so much, Mr. Rye. And thank you, Leslie. Okay, Leslie. Yeah. I want to thank both of you guys for, for the time and all the work you're doing. And uh, so as things come up, Jamie, let me know, and we'll have you back on there so we can help people. Uh, Jamie, let me, plant the seed. let me plant the seed again. Ellen DeGeneres of the Oprah Show, you absolutely need national exposure. And if anybody hasn't seen how you accessorize and those fashions you put together, absolutely gorgeous. So they need to be checking you out. They need to look you up. <laughs> okay, now, I think that's a resounding endorsement, Miss Jamie. So thank you guys very much for your time today, and we'll, we'll stay in touch. Well, thank you both. Have a good day. All right. Okay, going back to August 28th, uh, 5.30 reception, welcomed by Pastor James O. Stallings at Jordan Bennett and Jeremiah Hobbs, uh, Hayward Evans, uh, invocations of uh, Reverend Dr. Phyllis Bomani, Josephine Howell, who was on her way to Japan, yeah. uh, winning the, uh, the Kobe, Seattle Kobe Sister City Jazz Competition as a vocalist, and uh, We'll have musical selections. We talked talk to, uh, to uh, Chandler a minute ago. And uh, Urban Forum Northwest is brought to you by Sound Transit Small Business Development and Labor Compliance Office, Port of Seattle's Office of Social Responsibility, the City of Seattle's Construction Services Office, Concourse Concessions, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. Stephanie Ogle does our website. And uh, Wednesday at 530 at Mount Zion. Yeah. Uh, we will be looking for you to commemorate the 56th anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington. We need I-1000 badly. As soon as you it. get your ballot, make sure you vote yes for I-1000. And those and those young people, the 2019 right. uh, uh, King Isaiah, Musical Theater. That's was, right, Isaiah Anderson. We call right. Isaiah to try to get him on, but I know he's busy. Uh, but we're going to have the young folks there, too. So we will speak with you again next week. Thank you very much. Please. 